Hey, Travis Rogers here. When you're not listening to me on the Lakers pre- and post-game shows, tune in to The Experience with Laferne Cusack, where she goes beyond the play and focuses on athletes, fans, and the biggest events that inspire and shape our community. Listen to The Experience with Laferne Cusack, Sundays, 5 to 6 a.m. ESPN LA 710. Welcome to The Experience here on ESPN LA. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're talking in taction with Anthony Losquadro. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Fern, thank you so much for having me on the show. I look forward to speaking to your audience today. Tell us about Intaction and how that came about. Well, Fern, I have an unusual job, and, and my job is, is telling people why foreskin is awesome and why cutting it off babies is not so awesome. Americans are in a little bit of a bubble in a sense that they've been led to believe that Cutting off of cutting healthy normal body parts off of baby boys is something that needs to be done. Whereas in the rest of the world they don't practice this, and and so I found it in Taction uh, to help Americans understand this issue better, to do educational advocacy, and to make them aware that foreskin is a normal healthy body part that has important anatomical functions. So some of the reports that are coming in is that circumcision rates have dropped sharply. Do you know why that is? They've been dropping, uh, you know, um, probably more rapidly now than in the past. But Americans are realizing that this is not something that they need to do to their sons. First of all, we look at like in Europe uh, over uh, circumcision is like very rare there. They don't they don't normally practice that. And in fact, uh, you know, Americans have come to realize they've read in the, in, the, in the press that there's like a statement out by doctors representing 20 international medical institutions. And this is I'm going to read what they said. It said circumcision fails to meet the commonly accepted criteria for the justification of preventative medical procedures in children. It has no compelling health benefits, causes pain and can have serious long term consequences. And it also conflicts with a doctor's oath of first do no harm. So this is like the international community is telling America, you really need to stop doing this. Uh, we've been misled over the years by uh, the American medical uh, institutions to circumcise our sons. And now people are starting to realize that you don't have to do it. And with the rise of social media and, and the availability of information online, People are doing their research and they're saying, you know what, this is this is like the emperor's got no clothes. No one's talked about it. And it's so it's so ridiculous. So, Anthony, what what are some of the reasons why uh, that you have found that the medical institutions are saying that we should circumcise our our young boys, our babies? Well, yeah, what I what I found from the medical side, from the doctor side is First of all, they've been taught to do it in medical school in a sense that they've been taught to promote it, okay? Uh, and the second thing is is uh, we have a fee-for-service medical system. That means the more doctors and the more hospitals do, the more they can bill out. And sometimes that's not always in the patient's best interest. So we've heard over and over again from parents of newborns, Myself included, because I had a son, and I, I experienced this. And the doctors come into the, the um, into your room after a boy is born, and they start pressuring parents to circumcise. And you know, I, I almost had to throw the doctor out because they kept repeatedly asking us. 
uh, that question. And this, I've heard this from other people, too. So there's the pressure from the medical community side because this is an income thing. Hospitals charge as much as $2,000 per circumcision, okay? So they can bill this out to, the, uh, to your insurance carrier. Uh, incidentally, 20, uh, no, uh, 16 states have dropped Medicaid funding for circumcision. So that's one of the things that's driving it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other side, on the parental side, people have been led to believe that they need to do this. Or fathers have felt, well, it was done to me, so I need to do it to my son. So there's this kind of like the cycle, a herd mentality. There's been a lot of misinformation in the press with these uh, phony medical claims and health benefits that aren't there. They've all been de- debunked. And, and so this is a, some of the things that drive it uh, in America. Uh, one of the topics that I've heard is that it causes less infections for uh, men when they get older and, it, and it's cleaner, allegedly. So is there some fact behind that? Those are uh, some of the... Uh, red herring arguments, uh, there's really nothing behind them. When we say infections, that could, I've heard a whole range of things from UTIs or urinary tract infections to yeast infections to STDs. All of this stuff has been debunked. Uh, I don't want to go into each STD because we'd be here all day. Mm-hmm. But uh, my opening statement was when we look at the international community, 20 medical institutions, doctors, many doctors, like over 40, have said it fails to meet, circumcision fails to meet the commonly accepted criteria for preventative medical procedures. So if they're not having a problem in Europe, they're not having a problem in Asia, they're not having a problem in South America with infections or whatever you want to call it, why is it an issue in America? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. And on the issue of hygiene, I, you know, I think we expect men to brush their teeth, <laughs> and hopefully, and uh, <laughs> wash their hair. <laughs> you know. uh, so uh, unless they have a very exaggerated view of how well endowed they are, that cleaning is going to take so much time down there. <laughs> I know in my situation, it takes me only a few seconds. <laughs> So I I think hygiene is another one of those kind of made up, maybe anxiety based things that people get hung up on. It's it's like their future son's not going to be able to wash himself or he's not going to have access to soap and water for some reason. Why do you think there has been such a shift in um, the perception about circumcision? I think people are taking just a more holistic approach to life and uh, less intervention oftentimes is better and uh, people are moving towards you know more organic foods and just a more healthy lifestyle. And the idea is that if nature designed our bodies to be this way, why would we want to change that? Did nature make a mistake? You know, I think people are coming to the conclusion, no, it didn't make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I so I think that's part of it. The other thing is, you know, the rise of social media is certainly powering this. People can go on Facebook and there are threads and posts and comments and, and even on Twitter. And there's, there's a lot of discussion on this, especially amongst new and expecting parents. And they're having this discussion. And in the past, like when I was born, which was a very long time ago, uh, there wasn't all this information. You basically had to take what the doctor told you. There wasn't any, you couldn't Google anything. There was, you know, you couldn't. And, and also there was like 
a stigma or a hesitancy to speak about things of a sexual nature when you, when you look back in time. But now people talk about anything, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there is an, there's an openness, and we can discuss foreskin, we can discuss penises, and, we, you know, and we, people having open discussions, and they're coming to the realization that, you know, if, if they can get past the fact that decisions in the past, let's just leave them in the past. What was done was done. We can't change that. When we, if we can talk about the future and where we're going, people can have that open discussion, and they come to realize that, Let's not cut our sons because we're going to subject them to a lot of pain, suffering, and trauma. People can go on YouTube now and see circumcision videos, and you can see a baby screaming bloody murder. You know, this procedure is not a snip-snip like the doctor says, oh, I just give him a quick cut, and he didn't cry through it. That kid was screaming. He's not going to tell you he was screaming for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. This is like uh, getting uh, circumcising a baby. It's like... It's like getting your finger caught in a car door and slamming it shut. So we're going to keep the car door slammed shut until the bleeding stops. That's what they do with a baby. They put this clamp device over his penis, which crushes the foreskin, and it's incredibly painful. And there's been studies and there's been research and there's been articles on how this pain and trauma done to a newborn infant causes long-term psychological consequences and impact. It causes emotional harm because they can't give a baby anesthesia. He's awake during the whole thing. They can give some topical anesthesia, some light stuff, but it doesn't really stop the pain, and the pain goes on way after the procedure's over. So but people say, um, and once they see like a YouTube video or they... They learn about this. They say, there's no way I'm going to do this to my son. We have an exhibit. It's a 3D diorama exhibit. It shows exactly what they do to a baby in a hospital. We take this out to our public events. And when people look at that, they are shocked mm. on what doctors do to a baby. Mm. Tell us about Intaction and some of the things that you do to promote not having the circumcision. You know, we do a wide range of things. We like to interact with the public directly. We like to get the information to the public on a face-to-face basis. So we got to, we do public events, and uh, we have exhibits, we have literature, we have a staff of volunteers to go out and talk to people because people do want to talk about this. And we give them information, and we tell them things like we have an exhibit about the bizarre history of circumcision, how it started in America. You know, it goes back, just goes back like 100 years where uh, you, you had advocates of the day back in the 1890s, like, you're going to recognize this name, John Harvey Kellogg. He invented Kellogg's cornflakes. Mm-hmm. And back then, there was this obsession in America to stop masturbation. They thought if they could stop this, they could cure a lot of harms. So part of the thought process was, is if we cut off the foreskin because it's so sensitive, incidentally, I didn't mention uh, foreskin has what we call the four powers, pleasure, protection, lubrication, and connection has over 20,000 specialized nerve endings in it. But Kellogg was an advocate of cutting that off to lessen the likelihood of masturbation. And that's how it got started. So we, that's how it got started in America. So this is what we teach people. And, and they can follow through. And, and they're smart enough to put the pieces together. And I said, this is just insanity. So we do public events. We're in parades. Uh, we do a lot of media and press. Um, any way we can interact with the public and get this information out. Once we give people the information they need, they can put the pieces together and they get it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that on your website, intaction.org, uh, you, you are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Um, talk about some other myths that may come about that people uh, go about thinking every day about circumc- circumcision. Um, some myths, uh, you know, something that's very common, unfortunately, is that some fathers believe because if it was done to them, they need to do it to their son or their son needs to look like them. And that's what I consider like a very low level justification. It's mm-hmm. not really a part of higher thought. It's not a real, real reasoned approach to it. They think, well, the son, my son has to look like me. And what they're really saying is that if they leave their son intact, it's almost like an admission that they were harmed. The father was harmed. He has to admit to himself that he's missing something. And a lot of men aren't necessarily ready to accept that. So mm-hmm. say, well, I'm fine. Uh, you know, it was okay for me, so it's okay for him. Uh, you know, and another thing I, I see that kind of goes along those lines, I see moms, uh, I see these postings on social media, and uh, they say, oh, my son, he's getting circumcised. Be a little trooper. Take it like a man. It's like, really? <laughs> I mean, you're going to tell a two-day-old baby to be a trooper? Mm-hmm. It's uh, the, I I think they're trying to rationalize to themselves that, you know, this isn't going to be too bad. It's just a little snip. They don't know the baby's going to be in a lot of pain and Mm -hmm. and suffering. And and then going beyond that, if, you know, if things go a little bit off kilter and, you know, the the botches and the complications, which are numerous, as much as 11% botch and complication rate in one study in Utah, uh, yeah, and then a lot of times babies then have to go back for what they call revision surgery to fix the mistakes the first time. And that's like a whole another round of pain and trauma uh, to do this to a baby. It's just it's just insanity. Anthony, I want I asked a doctor once uh, why they do circumcisions, and one one of her, but well, besides her saying, you know, for health reasons, she said. If my son is in the gym and other boys see him, they might make fun of him. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, that is, yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's another kind of what I call low level argument. No, I, 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 really? I was, in the, I was in the military. I've been in a lot of gyms and locker rooms and what have you, and you know what? Nobody was looking at my penis, and they certainly weren't commenting about it, and I wasn't looking at anybody else's. Mm-hmm. So this thing about teasing or whatever, yeah. another thing to realize is that the circumcision rates, they're dropping, and very shortly the, number, the percentage of intact boys are going to exceed the circumcised boys. So the circumcised boys are headed to the minority, being in a minority status. So I think the tables may turn, and it's going to be the the boys that have been cut. The intact guys may, may say, "Hey, what happened to you? You're in an accident or something?" I mean, mm-hmm. so, uh, but that thing that people are going to comment on you naked—I don't know. That I, I haven't experienced that. I suppose maybe some people have, but mm-hmm. uh, I haven't—you know—I I haven't experienced that. I don't know if that's a legitimate argument. I mean, you're telling your son he needs to conform because. Because he might get body shamed. I yeah. mean, what kind of message does that send? Yeah. You also do legal advocacy. Uh, talk about that. 
for untaxing? We, sure. We do uh, different issues come up. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, botches and complications. Sometimes parents come to us because their son was botched by a doctor. For instance, there was a, in New York, there was a doctor that botched two babies uh, using a, a uh, piece of medical equipment that has a very bad track record of uh, amputations. And this doctor did botch two babies in a row. So sometimes we'll get involved with that to make sure that the parents uh, have a good attorney and good representation because we need to stop this from happening. And if people do choose circumcision, which we hope they wouldn't, but if they do, that at least the doctor's following a proper standard of care. Because the hospitals, they don't care. You know what? This is just an insurance payout. They'll get them into court, and the judge will force a settlement, whatever the money amount is. And life goes on. It's a cost to doing business. Uh, It's pretty sad. But we do that type of legal advocacy. Uh, There's also been cases we've gotten involved with where uh, you have two parents that are uh, split on whether they're circumcised or not, and it causes huge disputes. So we try to help the parent that wants to keep the son intact to make sure they have good representation in family court uh, when those issues come up. Anthony, can you uh, tell our listeners how they can get involved? The simplest level of getting involved is to do some basic research, learn about the issue, and if they know a friend or a family member that's having a baby, uh, talk to that person and say, hey, you know, are you, if it's a boy, are you going to circumcise him? What are you going to do? And if you think you're going to circumcise him, have you done your research? Have you looked at the information online? Have you come to websites perhaps like Intaction or some of the others and, and learned about it? So when you're in that delivery room and the doctor comes to to you or that parent that's having that child, have your answers ready because they're going to pressure. They're going to put pressure on. And if, you don't have, if they don't have the information, they're not going to be able to make an informed decision. So that's the first level. Uh, and then the other thing is they can become more involved. They can get involved with Intaction uh, if, you know, um, they can support us. We're a privately funded uh, organization. We're a nonprofit charity. And if anyone wants to donate to us at our, through our website, That's a big help. We're all volunteers. We're all unpaid staff. We do this because we're passionate protecting the next generation of children. Tell me some of uh, the uh, board of directors and what they do with Intaction. Well, they they all assist in in our events and in our planning, our strategic planning. uh, And we have meetings and they come out to our public events, and they, they also engage in advocacy. We're all hands-on. Everything we do, all of our creative content, uh, everything's produced in-house. We really don't hire anyone to do it. We don't have the funding to do that at that mm-hmm. level. So all of our directors, they're all as passionate as I am, if not more, about this cause. And we all work together and pool our talents and resources to, to help the next generation of children so that they can have intact bodies, even though maybe most of us don't. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing Intaction with us. Anthony Lasquadro, founder and director of Intaction. Again, uh, for people that want to find out more about you and what you do, how can they do that? Come to our website, intaction.org. We're also on YouTube. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. But come to our website. It has all the information there. Learn more about the issue. Learn more about us. Learn how you can get involved. Thank you so much, Anthony. Thank you, LaFern. It's been a really a pleasure speaking with you today. You as well. This is ESPN LA 710.
ESPN LA 710.